What's going on? My name is Justin, and this is the Pride of Vermont podcast, the only podcast dedicated to growing North American Rugby League into a global brand. On this episode of the podcast, we talk to the incredible Monte Gaddis. Now, I sat down with Monte to talk about all of the things that's going on in Cleveland with Rugby League, his backstory, and what is in store for not only him, but for diversity in our sport. Now, about halfway through this audio, uh, we lost the sync between uh, the two of us. Parts of it sounds like we're talking over each other, but uh, it didn't actually happen that way. So for whatever reason, when I pulled the audio, this is just the way that it came out. So I apologize for that. But a lot of great things in here. Uh, Monte's story, um, his thoughts on where we think we're going to be, his future, uh, and what it looks like for North America. So that, without further ado, Mr. Monte Gaddis. Well, you were with the Barnstormers, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they... Now, I've, I've been around arena football for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought about the Barnstormers would just how terrible their uniforms were. <laughs> I mean, did you ever look at it and go, I, uh, I actually I actually did, to be honest. I didn't like the uniform. I didn't like the goggles on the helmet. But it, it was a thing that Kurt Warner, you know, he played there. I loved his story. And it was just a thing that I had to just get used to. It. So right now, I love the jersey. You know, I was looking at this eight-man football thing, uh, arena football. But uh, <laughs> I did, you know, I did. That was the thing for me. Like, jerseys and just the way I'm looking is a big thing, you know, a part of my game for me to feel good, look good. But uh, I did have that idea. But now I'm loving it, so I can't even complain about that. Yeah, the old the old Jerry Rice, right? Uh, if you look good, you feel good, you play good. Yes, I, sir. I think branding is huge, and, and I know that you guys have been looking at uh, a lot of the things you're doing in Cleveland is, as far as branding and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you put some things out and, and I've liked uh, quite a bit of them. And I, and I think, uh, you know, whoever's handling your, your branding and your imaging and stuff is, uh, is doing a fairly good job. So is that you or is that someone else? Oh, uh, that's the team. I have an executive staff that's behind me that's uh, helping out with everything. So I want to put those put those guys out there on a the pedestal right now. Uh, Brady Payne, Keon Willis, Isaiah Chambers and Malik Duncan. Uh, those guys are uh, former athletes at a high level, and they also are businessmen. And uh, these are the guys that's behind Cleveland Rugby League that's helping me out a lot tremendously. You know, uh, great effort. So I just wanted to give some support and love to those guys. Yeah. I, so what what uh, what sports did they come from? Was um, it all American football, to be honest. Uh, yeah. uh, two of those guys were college. Ri- I mean, high school rivals. Now we're, you know, business partners. Uh, one of them I played with since I was 10 years old. Another one. Uh, I was a mentor to him, and now he's a part of this, you know, his first business right here. So it's just all a blessing for all of us to be, you know, um, young men that's out here just trying to grow the game and change things in our city. Yeah, one of the things I think that that we've struggled with for a long time is uh, the inability to really focus on the business aspect of what we're doing. And I think, you know, finally there are some some teams out there that are starting to get it right. And mm-hmm. And I look at it coming from, uh, a couple of arena football teams, you know, the, the most recent one who just got sold really out from underneath us um, this year due to COVID, I, I really think, um, you know, if you don't focus on, on the business aspect, uh, you can, you can put whatever team you want to out there. Um, it, it's, it's not going to do a lot of good if you can't be in business the next year or the year after. That's true. That is so true. So I definitely understand that. Yeah. We, so with the Vermont bucks, we, uh, we won the championship the first year, the second okay. year, uh, we paid too much for our players, so we couldn't we couldn't function through the entire year. Wow. Uh, the third year, we tried to make a comeback, uh, mm. and, and you know this year was was COVID that really put an end to it. But um, you know we went out and we we 
pulled a lot of players from down south uh, and, and brought them up. But I think we, you know, while we got good players and we won a championship, we just paid too much for them. So that's awesome. What uh, what what league? Or uh, so we were we were yeah, elite, yeah. elite indoor. Okay, got you, got you. Yeah, and and I think you know if we're not careful, you you can see a lot of the same things. I think um, in rugby league too, right? We've we've tough. really been careful to to try and uh, grow grassroots first and let's grow the guys that are here uh, every day and, and that we don't have to pay to board and, and, and put up. And, um, you know, I think we're going to be better off in the long run for it. That's true. That's so true, man. We are, we're all going through it right now. So we just figuring out our ways, you know, to fight through this and stay safe at the same time, but also still grow the game. So it's hard, but it's fun at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So listen, I wanted to talk a bit about your background because uh, you kind of have a unique background mm-hmm. uh, coming into into rugby league. Uh, I think it's a good story and I think it's good for, you know, kind of the North American brand to have something that we can we can say, you know, this this is somebody who came over from another sport and uh, has done some good things. Uh, I wanted to talk about Towson, though. Yes. Um, you know, you're in high school. It's you know, it's coming up on signing day. You've got coaches coming in and out, making promises. How do you come to a decision to go to Towson University? High school, I went to Cleveland Central Catholic, um, which is a smaller school, uh, really known for basketball, you know, a small football school. But I had to walk on, to be honest. I had uh, offers from maybe Division One, AA. I think my first offer was Arkansas Pine Bluff. Didn't know anything <laughs> about it at all. So, you know, I was I was happy to have an offer that somebody was looking at me, but I just felt like my talent, I, I can play with the big big guys, you know, Division One. So I walked on at the University of Maryland. I was actually a preferred walk-on. I had a guy, Delbert Calset, he ended up graduating from my high school and playing um, football at Maryland. And little did I know, he was the uh, he was a coach there. So he, he was the one who sent me my preferred walk-on. And I just, my parents, you know, they didn't understand it. It was just a me thing, to be honest. I just felt real confident about playing at the highest level, uh, getting out, getting out of Ohio, because you know, being from Cleveland, everybody's dream school if you play football is Ohio State, of course. Didn't get a look or offer or prefer, prefer a walk on, so you know, I just wanted to get out of Ohio just to keep focus. And you know, going to the University of Maryland, I ended up playing uh, my last three games. Ended up playing in the bowl game. Played with plenty of played with with and against many NFL players, like to this day. It was some of the greatest times I had, but, you know, not having a role model and going to a Division One school from my, my city and my school, it was just a, a complete headache. You know, I ended up failing out of school. I stopped mm. going to classes, uh, start partying more, drinking, uh, smoking, just doing all the things that I wasn't supposed to do. You know, I just got the big head. I started drinking the Kool-Aid with my, what my coach said. I, you know, I started drinking the Kool-Aid, believing what everybody was saying. I played on ESPN. Uh, people would see me back home, you know, watching me on TV. It was just like living a movie, and, you know, to come down to it. I uh, end up getting a 1.8 and a 1.3 and I end up getting kicked out, you know, my sophomore going into my sophomore year, uh, two weeks before the game. And I was actually, what was I? I was second on the depth chart at linebacker. So crazy story real quick. The, this guy that was starting Derek Drakeford, he ended up getting hurt. He ended up, I think he sprained his ankle or broke his ankle before that game. So I would have been the next man up to start the game against Miami where we had new jerseys on ESPN. But like I said, I got kicked out a week before that. So I'm sitting home in my basement, uh, really crying, watching those guys, all my teammates on TV sitting there like, damn, I'm back home in Cleveland. You know, I didn't have any opportunities. 
I was about to start. They got new jerseys. It was just everything was going down. So this is this is the time where, you know, my life really switched around. You know, I just really I let down my parents, let down my friends, let down my, my teammates, coaches. So I really had to get things back on board. So that's when I uh, end up getting an opportunity. My coaches at Maryland, uh, Coach Dzinski, he ended up um, giving me a connect with a dean college. It's a junior college in Massachusetts. And I end up going there. You know, I got everything back on. On, on point, I ended up going to classes on time, never missed a class, never was late. I got my associate's degree, ended up win winning defensive MVP, and I also won our first bowl game, you know, at Dean College. So that was amazing right there. So this brings me to the time when you asked me that question. This is the time where I had North Carolina. I was in talks with North Carolina, UConn, uh, UMass. Um, those were the three schools that I could remember off the top of my head out of JUCO. And I still didn't end up going to uh, any of those schools. They end up didn't offer me, but Towson, you know, they came, they end up offering me. I love the visit. It was 45 minutes away from the University of Maryland, the first school I went to. So it was just, um, it was an opportunity to start actually and play. So it was just, you know, it was just guys uh, planned for, for me to go to Towson. And that's, you know, that's where history was right there. Yeah, it, that's a great story for two reasons. Number one, uh, I started out in college at uh, Community College of Baltimore County. So not very far from where you ended up. Uh, the other one is that, you know, I say all the time, it doesn't matter what happens. Mm -hmm. It only matters what you learn from it. And uh, it seems like you learned some valuable lessons and you were able to turn it around. So that's, you know, that's a great thing. Most definitely. Not everyone do that. So you, you, you wind up going to Towson. Uh, you start playing. Mm -hmm. Things are going well. And, and you go from, you know, uh, being put out of, Maryland University of Maryland to be a defensive player of the year how does that how does that happen what what turned around for you to make that happen uh like I said I'm from Cleveland Ohio man that's one of the grittiest cities in America but um just being able to get kicked out of school go home for those three weeks I was at home and just marinate and just sit there like damn like yeah. I really messed up I let people down so this was the time where I just had to you know get gain everybody's respect um also do it for myself you know show myself that i can do this you know i can do the work i can do the class work i can play ball but uh it was just motivation you know motivation just from being all i was already the underdog and i put myself even more you know down or under so i just had to just unleash the beast uh, to be honest it was just just being able to let everybody down you know so that i think that was more motivation for me just to be able to uh show everybody i can play and just still get after it yeah, I think there's I can't remember who says it. Uh, it might be Eric Thomas that said that, um, you know, going to the next level and, uh, and and not making it isn't scary going to the next level, making it and having to go back to where you came from. Uh, that's scary. That's real. That's real. That's definitely yeah, real. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I originally grew up in Waco, Texas, and okay. uh, you know, pretty similar to what you're talking definitely. about in, in Cleveland, maybe not the same, but uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of that. Right? Definitely. Yeah, so you put in the work, you become defensive player of the year. What were you looking at for for prospects coming out of that? Uh, uh, as far as going to the next level, going to the next level, uh, out of Towson, to be honest, uh, I was all American defensive MVP, uh, team captain. To be honest, I was just really thinking, like, man, I, I might, I have a chance to go late sixth or seventh round, or maybe you know get free agency. You know, I was in the talks. My agent was in the talks with teams. Uh, it was just really just a blur. It's really a blur right now. It was so long ago. It's crazy just to think about, you know, yeah. the story I've been through. But the main people that I remember uh, that want, that were interested in me out of college were the New York Giants. And, man, I just remember just the New York Giants, to be honest. I thought I was – I thought I had a right. shot. You know, I thought I had a shot. My agent 
was the same agent with Andre Reed, you know, he that played with uh, the Buffalo Bills also. So I actually thought I had a shot. I didn't, I think my main thing was I just didn't have guidance. I just didn't have somebody in my ear, you know, telling me what to do that was on the same path or that uh, actually went to the NFL and telling me how things go. So my whole life has just been, you know, trial and error and figuring it out, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because we, our, our mascot is the lion and it really comes from a meme that I saw one time that, that really just said it was a picture of a pride of lions and it said, surround yourself with people that are on the same. Yes. Mission. And that's important to do that. And, and, you know, if you'd had uh, some, some people around you pointing in the right direction and probably giving you a little better advice, you know, maybe you would have made it to the next level, but you know, here we are, right. You, you gotta, you gotta take what, what's in front of you and, and make the best of it. So, so you left that and then you got, now, did you have some some arena football uh, experience before, or or was there teams that were in, um, Not at all. interested in, in bringing you? No, so that's the thing with me. You know, it's a, I've been playing a different form of football since. Okay, you got high school football, you got college football. I end up playing overseas in Poland. That's a different style of football. You got arena football. Then I had to train for CFL, Canadian football. You know, that's five different footballs that I had to learn. You get what I'm saying? So it was just yeah. like me. Uh, after college, I didn't get picked up, didn't get any offers like tryouts or anything with any NFL team. So that was my whole 2014 was my year of, like you said, like I didn't have anybody in my corner to tell me or give me any guidance. That was my time where I came up with the idea of, uh, having my own mentoring program, Gaddis Guidance. I ended up getting that, uh, the idea of the name from, um, Lawrence, Lawrence, my friend Lawrence, he's actually on here watching it now, but we end up getting the idea and it was just the thing of I didn't have the guidance, but you know, since I went through that, I wanted to be the uh role model and the mentor for for people in my position or or youth or even people that's older than me just to guide them through the success, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think it's important everybody's gotta have a mentor and, and sometimes that mentor is not necessarily the person you want. It just happens to be the person that you need, that's right? True. And they, they don't tell you the things that you want to hear, they t- tell you the That's things true. that you need to hear. Um, I, I, I kind of had the same thing, right? I, I, I came out, uh, I played in junior college. I came out, I knew right away, first year that I made it in junior college, I knew right away that I wasn't going to make it to the next level. So uh, as soon as I got my associates, mm-hmm. I went and joined the military and, you know, spent some time doing that. And I got out and, uh, you know, I was looking around and I, I just kind of lost my way. And, I felt like, uh, you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be. I had all these great plans and, and yeah, just, you know, kind of lost my way. And it wasn't until, you know, a good friend of mine said, listen, it's nobody else's fault that you're not where you want to be. So uh, if you're going to change that, the only person going to be able to change Man, that is you. So that's the truth. You know, suck it up. Stop complaining. Make a plan. That's true. Yeah, so then you you pick it up and then and then you move on, right? And and kind of what you've been doing uh, all along, if you know, looking at through through some of the things in your background, you know, going mm-hmm. to arena football, uh, you know, did that did that did they come looking for you, or was that something that you did after uh, after tryouts or you know uh, college or what, okay. whatever? So it went it went um it went college year off Poland went to Poland. Yep. And after Poland, actually playing in Poland with, with uh, yeah. one of my guys, Tim McGee, he ended up getting um, a contract with the Iowa Barnstormers, and he actually put me on. You get what I'm saying? So Tim McGee, shout out to Tim. Mm. He put me on with the Iowa Barnstormers, yeah. and the rest was history. You know, uh, he took me under his wing. He uh, played. Uh, he played 
um, arena football before. So he was telling me all the things. I was training with guys in Cleveland who played with the Gladiators and everything. So I didn't have any gangs under my belt. They came and got me. They ended yep. up signing me as an athlete because, like, uh, I didn't tell you, um, out, of, out of high school, I was signed as a running back to play at Maryland. But I ended up switching, switching in the middle of the year just because the playbook, I didn't understand mm. pro-style offense and everything. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just been a crazy story. I'm just sure. I'm actually thinking about it and listening to myself during this interview, which is crazy. So I'm just as amazed as everybody out there listening on my live or, or you. Yeah, it kind of goes back to kind of the theme that, that we've been running recently is, you know, the last podcast we had uh, mm-hmm. the Sons of Ben uh, supporters group on. And, uh, you know, the, we had the president um, and we really talked about how it was the core idea. It was a couple of guys that decided this is what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. They wanted to bring a professional soccer club to Philadelphia and they just you know their trials and tribulations of what they went through to make it happen and and never really giving up because it's that's true it's easy to get discouraged and just give up and and you know you go through it all the time uh things don't go your way a couple of times and and you just think about all right well maybe we just fold up the tent and we don't have rugby league in in northern Vermont or northern New England or or whatever the problem is but it's really just picking one thing and, and sticking with it and, you know, saying this is what I'm passionate about. So no matter what happens, uh, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep learning. We're going to keep growing and, and, uh, yeah. and, and you not, know, just get what we not, can get. And not to cut it. you and, off. Uh, sorry about that. But that's what I, I was just talking about that yesterday, to be honest, because like I said, most of my followers or most of the people that know me, know me from American football, uh, playing since a little kid, almost making it to the NFL. But right now I want them to, you know, kind of, put that in the backseat because uh rugby league is on the show right now you know and my city my city doesn't know anything about rugby league but so i'm really trying to be that that ambassador in my city mm-hmm. my state in the usa i want to be the face for usa rugby league i want to make kids just look at my page and just see my story and say man you know what i want to pick up a ball i want i want to do this i want to play this because uh like i said before in different interviews i think cleveland detroit baltimore uh places like chicago uh, these are good cities where, you know, it's gritty places that I think rugby league can live there and really stay there. And I just want to just show that, you know, I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm throwing rugby league pictures, videos, whatever it is, rugby league on my social media. I'm just throwing it at them, you know, just, just trying to brainwash the people, let them know, like, this is a, this is a, a sport that's lit, you know? So I'm really trying to take it over, trying to be the first rugby league player to, you know, for my city to go big, um, have my, own boot or cleat out, you know, jerseys one. Like I really got big plans for everything. Like I love the sport. I love what it's giving back to me. It's just like crazy times with the COVID and everything, but you know, I'm gonna have my breakthrough soon. Yeah. It's been interesting. Uh, and Mm -hmm. and it really kind of speaks to, you know, what you were talking about there, right? You started out as a running back, you moved over to linebacker, you go from, uh, one college to another, uh, from eight man football to, to 11 to, Canadian league and then, right. you know, transitioning from all of that into rugby league. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it just, just keep working, right. Opportunities present themselves. And if you're ready for the opportunity of a lifetime, uh, you know, you can do a lot of good with it, but if you're sitting back waiting to get the opportunity of a lifetime before you get ready, it's just never going to happen. Yes, sir. Uh, it always be prepared for it, right. You're, you're, your ship's never going to come that's, in. But that's it, that's gold right there, man. I'm loving this interview, so. man. You, you got great tips and everything. I'm using all these, but you're right, man. It's just like nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. You know, I, I, all I can do is just control the things that I can control and just make sure I, yeah. I, I put 110% and my best foot forward at whatever I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yes, so let's let's bring it around to rugby league, right? That's what this is all about. So 
Well, what was the transition like from uh, a linebacker uh, through all of those systems to come over to rugby league? Because I've said that I think uh, mm-hmm. basketball players and I think uh, linebackers are probably the two people, uh, types of people that we can Definitely. look at um, to bring over. I would say the one thing the that I've transition. always been saying through all these years uh, that was the big difference for me was the endurance. You know, football is a, a quick burst, uh, 60 seconds, uh, commercial mm-hmm. break or, you know, play uh, – yep. The play clock, but rugby league is continuous. I look at it as I always tell my football players, think of it as this. Think about playing a football game, doing a hundred up downs before the game, and then two minute warning. You know, so that's how that's the only thing I would say is the the cardio, the conditioning, being able to tackle, get back up, run the ball. You know, that was the the main thing with me. But I I love the contact. Um, to be honest, rugby league is not a hard game. You know, it's not a hard concept. You get what I'm saying? So. And, and as you can see, I'm being, I'm able to coach my own team. You guys, yep. I've been in the, in the game for about five years and I'm able to, you know, start a club and, and actually coach and just put on the basics. You know, I don't know everything about it, but I definitely know where I can put the uh, forefront of the platform at, but um, it was just, it was just different. And another thing that I could say is American football is more of a, uh, get it on your own cutthroat league. And I definitely could say rugby league is definitely more uh, family. You can bash each other, smack a guy in the face on the, on the pitch. And then after, you know, after the match, you know, you're drinking a beer together, talking about, you know, what's, what's going on next weekend, who you playing with Uh football. Definitely not like that. After the game, we're in our separate locker rooms and we going right home, you know, on to the next game. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's why that's they call true. it a, a uh, hooligan sport paid by gentlemen. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So so where were you when you got the call about Toronto to come up? Damn, and, I was and living have, in my uh, mom's basement. Have a try with them. <laughs> I got the call. I actually looked at the calls in my, in my mom's kitchen. Mm-hmm. It was a plus four, four number. And I'm like, why is this bill collector from overseas calling me? Didn't didn't answer the phone. They left a voicemail, didn't listen to the voicemail. <laughs> he ended up calling right back. And I was like, let me just pick up this phone. And I picked up the phone and that's where it was. It was Adam Fogarty telling me, hey, Monte. Uh, we love your story. This is Adam Fogarty with the uh, Toronto Wolfpack. We've seen your story all on social media. We would love for you to convert. How would you like the opportunity to convert from a football player to a rugby league player and uh, potentially earn a contract? Once I heard contract and rugby, you know, I was already looking at sevens and Olympics and all that. And I just said, man, yeah, hell yeah, I would do that. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? When the opportunity comes mm-hmm. knocking, I was sitting there with nothing. You get know what I'm saying? Before that, actually, a month Two months before that, I, after the Barnstormers, I played four games. I I, uh, I got released by the Barnstormers. Um, just not off of my talent, just not off of me doing anything wrong. It was just a numbers game. We were losing, uh, and they had to let people go. You know, I was part of the chopping block. They had to let yeah. people go, and I still can't believe it to this day. But, uh, you know, I came back home, got got back doing my personal training, doing workouts, and, you know, I, just, I didn't have anything going. And that's when Adam Fogarty called me, and, you know, the rest was history. That's a fact. Yeah, yes. always be in shape if you're an athlete, right? Because you never know when you're going to fall. Yeah. Yeah, so you get up to Toronto. Uh, you get a look at, at that organization. It's, you know, a lot of things going on there. I've called them the most important uh, North American Rugby League club uh, that's out there. And Yeah, and for a lot of reasons, for all of the good and for all of the bad. Um, you know, so you get up there. What was that like? What was it like mm. to step into a professional um, club? To be honest, uh, and, and pull on even a, in a college, I always carry myself like a professional because I knew I would get there one day. So it was always a thing of um, this is getting off subject. But Marvin Harrison and Larry Fitzgerald are like my two uh, personality role models because those guys always act like they've been there before. They score a touchdown. They don't celebrate. They just hand the ball to the ref. So 
that was my type of thing. And I said, and I didn't want to get, oh, I didn't want to get the, you know, yeah. the, uh, glissy eyes and just be happy to beat her. I was blessed to beat her, but I was also letting them know, like, I played at a professional level. I can carry myself at a professional level. I just, uh, just need, just needed to learn the game. You know, that was it basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting path, right? So you get up there and then, you know, uh, mm-hmm. then break house comes into the picture. Um, you know, what, you just continue to work. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I love about, you know, kind of what your background and your story has been just continuing to work. One door closes, another one opens up for you. And uh, so, so leaving Toronto, going Man. to brick house, what was that like? That was, that was some the of the best times, teams, you know, out of 300 close. athletes where they, I went to, okay. I went to three combines. I went to one in Philadelphia, went to one in Toronto and one in Tampa Bay. Uh, each each workout, Adam Fogarty and um, Dave Argyle, they told me like I was getting better. I was getting better. And out of 300 athletes, 18 of us got the chance to go to uh, UK for two weeks to, uh, to compete for a contract and play against Brickhouse. And that was amazing. Like I still talk to some of those guys. I really wish that they would have put the documentary out, The Last Tackle. I had so many funny moments there, uh, just being afraid of heights. It was really like a bonding moment between guys that from everywhere, guys from Jamaica, Florida, Canada, <laughs> man. It was it was crazy. Great times. And I really missed that. I really missed that. And that's what really sparked it. Like, man, I can I can really make it in this sport. And it's more of a family thing. I was just loving it. I still miss those days. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then then Shawcross, right? I mean, that's the the next kind of rung that that happened for you. What what um you know, things went um, on the way. They actually, did, since they, I didn't get the contract with, um, you know, Toronto Wolfpack, I still remember Brian Noble telling me, no, I don't have what it takes. I still have to, you know, sharpen up my rugby league skills. They did. David Argyle did uh, get in contact mm-hmm. with. Um, no, actually, I actually tweeted. I actually tweeted. That's why I always say social media works in so many ways. I actually tweeted and said, you know, I didn't get the shot or the contract with Toronto Wolfpack. But I, I love playing the sport. You know, that's when Shawcross. Uh, Brett Turner ended up uh, texting me back on Twitter and say, we would love to have you if you if you want, you know, if you want to come over. And next thing you know, I uh, got on the phone with Dave Argyle. He actually called me, let me know that they were interested. And he paid for my flight and actually, actually gave me some extra money to stay out there for some months so I didn't have to worry about working or anything. But, man, the tradition there really helped me nice. grow. I'm using all the practice uh, skill sets, all everything we did at trainings for my teams now. I really, I was so close to going back to Shaw Cross even after Red Star and before Red Star. Like those guys were family there. They always welcomed me back. Uh, they let me play in Amsterdam with the uh, Amsterdam Cobras for the Nines tournament. Uh, Shaw Cross, this was when my first plan there. That was my yeah. series of, you know, Slow Feet Don't Eat, where I got a chance to train over 15 clubs, youth clubs. And also I trained the Dewsbury Rams. Um, it was awesome, you know. It was awesome. Kids still say my name with the slow feet don't eat at the end, and that's how that just all came about with that. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's all. That's it's great. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm always obsessed with, mm-hmm. you know, where were you when you got the call? Uh, what did it feel like, you know, to make the move to go to Shaw Cross? I, you know, I've been to some games over in Europe, uh, multiple games over in Europe, and just you know, mm-hmm. kind of seeing the crowd, uh, their passion for what's going on with the game. And, and to you know, leading up to the the, the kickoff, uh, it's just amazing to me mm-hmm. that people can be that passionate uh, about that sport. And I feel like, even though we're we're a pretty big sports nation here in the U.S., I oh, don't feel fact. like we that's have a fact. Kind of the that's same a fact. passion. That's driven back, and I, I can uh, see it. 
but I don't yeah. say it often because I don't like to compare the two. I feel like it's just my job and maybe Cleveland Rugby League's job is to just turn that, you know, turn that, uh, you know, aggression up with, you know, liking Rugby League or just supporting it. So that's my job right now and I'm working hard at it. Yeah, and that's really the basis of the entire podcast that, that I put together is, you know, really mm-hmm. growing from grassroots into a global, a global brand and, and figuring it out, right? And, and I said that, you know, we're just going to be that club that um, for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, yep. uh, we're going to be the ones that figure it out. We're going to pull back the curtain. You can see that our, what our success is when it comes to growing into that, and you can see what our failures are so that we have an established path on how we do this, uh, mm-hmm. how we grow this game and how we operate as a, as a club. And so that we can take that and basically put it into a binder. And when the next club comes along, and we definitely, pull it off and that's what we're doing we do now. Like we're laying out the blueprint successful. with Cleveland rugby league of just showing, um, how you can do it with marketing, you know, everybody, of course, every, every club that's up and running right now has more experience, you know, than us right now. But I'll tell you that we're one of the hardest working, um, you know, staff out there with the marketing, the brand, and just uh, putting things out there for people to grow. So we're really trying to, just like you said, we're really trying to have that, uh, put out the blueprint for teams in UK or Australia to see our blueprint and, you know, and lay that out. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Why, why I think it's important that, that what you guys are doing uh, is mm-hmm. because uh, I kind of had it toward the end, but we can talk about it now. Is because of uh, this sport and and it's, you know, I'll say it really lack of diversity in a lot of areas. That's why I think what's going on in Cleveland is something that's important um, to kind of mm-hmm. bring on some some Definitely. people from different demographics that normally see or play this sport. And I've said for a long time, I, I agree. I know Nate Gladden was probably the one that said it first, yeah. but I 100% agree that we should probably, mm-hmm. as a group, be looking at bringing Definitely. this game to a community college level or a junior college level or something, right? But I think the most value we could get out of that is probably Definitely. the the hispor- historically Man. black college uh, league. I think that is Definitely. a place that's untapped for a lot of game, uh, a lot of sports. Yeah. And uh, we could, I, we I could definitely, get a lot of value uh, out I of definitely that, believe so. in that. And like yeah. I said, like Go I'm going to keep saying this. I'm an ambassador for the game. I come from a low income area uh, up the way Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? So it's really, it's really, make it or not you get what i'm saying i'm just giving i'm giving the youth or people even my age or in my same place just another opportunity or another perspective just just to say like it's more than just gangs it's more than the streets it's more than drugs it's more than popping bottles you get what i'm saying you can travel the world through a sport that you love you get what i'm saying and the bottom line i'm an aggressive guy i get to smack people for free without going to jail you get what i'm saying so I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. It's just a, it's a great, it's a great way to re- release some aggression. It's a great way to socialize after the match. And this is a, it's just a great way to just play football at the end of the day, man. It's nothing but dino, man, what we call it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just exposing mm-hmm. people uh, to a game that they would never really get to see. And, um, you know, in parts of the country that would never historically play it. I know union has done a pretty good job of being all over the country, mm-hmm. but, um, Right. You know, I, this is a different game. It's a much easier transition. Definitely. Uh, it's a different game. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit more fast paced than, than what you would see from Union. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I played Union. Uh, I had some good times doing it. Um, but I think this is a game where we can get a lot of traction. Uh, 
in, in sticking with that same theme, I think we can get a tremendous amount of uh, traction in, in the women's players, game too. I'm excited to see what happens. Players here that are ready. None in Cleveland officially yet, but we have uh, females down in Columbus that take that two-hour drive up to Cleveland and um, come and train with us. Uh, definitely want to shout out to Devana and Markea just for coming up and staying connected. We actually have three ladies in our uh, Cleveland Rugby League group chat just in case you know somebody wants to come to trainings or anything. We're always open to that. Yeah, I, I think it's I think we're going to see some pretty good growth in the next uh, 24 months. Uh, I know, you know, after talking uh, with Garen quite a bit about what they've got going on and um, you know, what they're looking at and how they're going to grow the game. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, quite a bit of uh, interest beyond just what we're doing. I think they before they were they really decided to shelve all their plans for covid. Uh, they had only really been out for maybe five wow. months, and uh, they wow. had already had over man, COVID, from man. over two hundred players. This, so, I, I really yeah. had the opportunities, like the Ottawa whole uh, trial thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, Rochdale, um, even even the whole pro, whole pro rugby league that was here in uh, you know the states with the uh, rugby stars thing. You know that was about to pop off also. So it was a lot of opportunities out there. That's why I'm just not putting my head down or staying stagnant or stop working out because I was this close, you know, this close, just like my whole life. And I just know it just takes that little bit more effort for me to get there. But my time is coming. I'm motivated. Um, it's just like, man, I'm, I'm happy. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm from the trenches. I see, I see people or hear about people dying every day. So I'm sure. just trying to stay focused, um, motivate people and just give off some, some goddess guidance, man. Slow feet don't eat. Yeah, I think we've got to we got to do a, a better job across the entire sport in in North America of you know not not rolling up the mat and sticking it in mm -hmm. the corner when at the end of the season we've got to continue to to work every day towards some goal and, and advancing it whether that's you know trying to bring some operations more in line or, or trying to get some more diversity mm -hmm. in the sport or, or whatever it is that you're working on I think it's important that we do that and and. I think that's really been put into perspective for us uh, when COVID came along. Um, you know, we were, we had had plans. Uh, we had had some camps planned with some USARL clubs to bring some players to and uh, start doing some development. And uh, you know, it really, it really, right. COVID came along, killed it. Vermont was one of the first to, uh, to lock down. And, and we, Sick, we've man. been in this, Sick, we've been doing this for eight months now. Uh, so it's it's tough. The uh, yeah. even the high school, there's no uh, yeah. there's no Same contact school, football man. this year. Uh, they're playing seven on seven flag, and uh, it's tough to watch in a sport where where uh, football has really just almost evaporated. Uh, there's there's high schools out there that don't mm -hmm. even have a, a varsity team, and then there's some out there that don't even have a team mm -hmm. altogether. So, you know, that's been part of what we've been trying to do is is um, really take it on and, and save contact sports in, in Vermont and uh, whether, you know, whether they, they choose to play football or they choose to play rugby league. That's definitely. And um, I just want to uh, give a shout out to you and what you got going on. For too. Development. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to just showcasing everything I had and just, just for the um, exposure, you know, and I love what you're doing. And like you said, you got to have those lines with you. That's on the same grind, the same path as you. Yeah, it's important. You got to build an organization with people that that are on the same mission um, because you're going to get I'm sure you've seen it day in and day out. You're going to get people that are going to come and want to do this for, for personal reasons and personal gains. And, and like I said, I, I really felt like I lost my way for a long time and I feel like rugby league gave me that back. So 
whatever I whatever happens from what we're doing, yeah, um, I'm not looking that's to get respect. anything out of it because I'm already getting something from it. So, you know, for whatever happens, if it's just they, they, so that people still can learn go, from okay, you. well, don't do any of those things that they did, uh, then I'm fine with that too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You got to learn something from it. So listen, let's talk about mm-hmm. current events. Uh, let's talk about the Cleveland Nova Eagles game. How, how did that come about? Did they contact you guys? I know you had been talking mm-hmm. about trying to get some uh, – uh, actually, they, for, they reached out to club. me. Shout out to Ryan Burroughs. He, he was on it. He would he wouldn't let me say no to be honest. So <laughs> no, to be honest, he DM me. He said, "Let's get it going." I wait. I waited <laughs> for about uh, maybe five to five to seven days or a week, you know, to respond back because I I knew he wasn't going to stop until I said yes. So I had to, you know, really I had all the outside things going on like the logo, Cleveland Rugby League, the executive staff, but I had maybe. Three players. You get what I'm saying? I had three players at that time. So I was trying to tell him a nines match would be perfect. But, yeah. um, you know, he didn't want the nines match. He wanted a full game. So I respected that. Right. So it was just really on me. I was just it – was, it was so fun, to be honest, because I was scrambling to find players. I was scrambling to find a location, scrambling to find uh, sponsors to help us out with food and everything. But to be honest, everything turned out perfect. You know, we lost a match. I'll put it out there. We lost – what 72 to 21 whatever but it was still a win in my eyes for the organization we had we had about ryan even told me himself we had more fans than he's seen you know play in the usr i mean with the usa rugby league so that was good that we had fans like that even during covid we had a great pitch we had yeah. film from drone uh i fed the guys after the game um ashley thomas um uh, one of my closest friends she she had about 70 sandwiches we had beers um we had music. It was fun to be honest, and I just want to give a shout out to Dave. He was the guy who owns the pitch for the um who owns the pitch for the Cleveland Rovers, and he let us use the pitch, and that's amazing. And our, our next thing was you know trying to get a nines match in between the, the squad, you know, uh, the whole Cleveland Rugby League, break it off into two teams and just play against each other. But we're still working on that too. But man, I know the game that was that was that was lit, man. Hmm. Yeah, it, it looked like a lot of fun. I we've been there uh, multiple times. Uh, so Northern Vermont is a very entrenched, uh, you know, they're very mm-hmm. passionate, uh, but they're very um, uh, circular group of union players up here. There, There's a ton of union that gets played up here and, and you can really get a cold reception. So, uh, you know, taking mm-hmm. some players uh, who had interest and then having uh, some union guys, right. I've been there uh, where the union clubs just go, yeah, we're, we're all mm-hmm. done with you guys. So. Uh, it's tough, but then you get it to, to come together, right? Uh, I've been saying a lot recently that, you know, we've got to make it while the game is great and it's amazing. Uh, we've got to make it more than just about the game that's, that's on the pitch to get people to show up. Uh, you know, it's it's got to be an event. And that's, you know, one of the reasons that went into launching the uh, the New England Nines championship yes. series. Having something that's more of an event, right? Having some, you know, being able open it up and yeah i think we've got to we've got to open it up mm-hmm. we've got to be able to have some uh lower barrier to entry for teams i know there's there's a, a guy out in, in buffalo that's trying to get something going i know there are people out there all yes. over the place and uh it takes an incredible amount of work mm-hmm. to make this go and uh and it's that's mainly fact, fueled man. by that's passion because and none of us are getting paid to do this and uh yeah 
so to hear you to hear you run around to, to do yeah, all that, that definitely means a lot know, sometimes and, forget and about the day, day job when i put so much working with this rugby stuff but no that, that's to be honest and i just want to throw that out there that's just the same as me with football you know i love football with a passion you get what i'm saying i was getting paid 800 dollars a month in 2015 playing in poland you know, I was mad about that, but I was happy that I got a chance to leave the country. Everything else was paid for, and I got film, you know, so I wasn't mad about that. And that's the same thing mm. with playing at Shaw Cross, amateur, that's no money, you get what I'm saying? And even Red Star was still wasn't my break, you get what I'm saying? But I'm still fighting. It's still 2020, and I'm still here, and I'm still grinding. I'm going to get my shot, you know? Stay positive and keep working, right? That's that's all you can do. That's all you can do. So, look, let's talk. Uh, let's. I know we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get your your perspective, uh, since you're in an area like Cleveland. Uh, what do you think the future is for diversity in, in in rugby league, and where do you think we can we can put in support? Uh, I really just say it really starts with our youth. Uh, you know, I can see it right now looking clubs. at high school football and our muni league football here. Our our the players or the, the athletes ages from five to eleven are our next generation you know i'm working with the high school players but they're still in the mind of you know football college football nfl i feel like the the youth is where it's at their mind is still free and if i can show them and put a ball in their hand or just show them where you can go with this sport i really think that's where we can take off at the next level uh i just still feel like people that's my around my age are kind of stuck in their ways about playing either football or rugby so that's fine like i said high school is still you know still trying to figure it out but i really 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 think the youth is really where is it at to get rugby league going and i feel like in the next 10 years if we start with the youth now in the next 10 years rugby league in america will be awesome yeah i i think that's that's right on the money and, and i think that the other part of it is is really trying to get um get to the next level as a game uh not necessarily as is you know trying to win a world cup or something like that but domestically we got to get to the next level right the next level is is got to be semi-pro or professional we got to get to that level and we're only going to start to see some some of the other bigger name players come across or, or more talented players come across from other sports that's true if they can that's true you know lack of better terms start seeing some some money and some progress um so I think it's important. I think we can That's get there. Uh, I think we just we got to grind and we we got to be patient uh, with the process. And um, I think overall the whole the whole thing is going to come down to that. What we do today, what you do, what I do, what all of the clubs out there are doing today, um, it's really not for us. It's for the future generations that are going to play this game. Yep. Uh, and the That's only right. way we're going to have future generations to play this game is if we put in the work every single day. <laughs> So I, listen, I, I'm I'm past my prime. Uh, I got no disillusions about that, right? I'm I'm 42 now. Mm -hmm. uh, my my focus has got to be off the field. Uh, that's what I've got left to give, and, and I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I think if we all do that, we give a little bit every day uh, when we can, and and help each other reach out, right? Uh, Cleveland's a new club. Uh, Queen City is a is a new yep. club. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other ones out there yes. that have been on their own for a while. Uh, I feel like we. We're starting to see the light. We're all starting to come together a little bit more. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see what what's in store uh, for what what's coming, and uh, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be massive uh, growth in, in a lot of areas. So uh, I'm excited for it. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing out there in Cleveland. I appreciate you taking uh, the time. We appreciate to, to you talk too. And, um, like and, I said, uh, just thank you again for giving me the pedestal 
to uh, you know speak get gain exposure and just to let my followers you know get a take a step or get a taste of how i'm living and everything but uh i really hope that the rugby league family really tunes in and listens to this this is very passionate this is something that will help us and i hope this motivates you know a young kid or somebody out there who doesn't know their next move let's let's get into rugby league let's connect let's fight and let's keep going yeah for sure our next big push mm-hmm. is is New England Nines Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be trying to make that happen, uh, whether it's going to be spring, summer, or fall. We're going to try to make that happen. Um, for those of you who haven't heard what we're trying to do, uh, it's going to be a three uh, three tournament series. Uh, the the team with the, the most points at the end of the series uh, becomes the champion. And uh, while it is intended to give yeah. the New England clubs uh, a bit of a leg up because you know, we don't have to travel very far. It, man. I can't uh, wait. I you know, can't it's going to be an open tournament uh, in the beginning. So, yeah, we've got some good things in store. Uh, Boston, uh, oh, yeah. like we're going to have one in Boston. Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, the the club, the former club down there in Providence is hosting it. And we're going to have one right here in the Queen City. The more the, the, more the merrier. But so I'm excited we definitely to, have uh, a team to see or what happens. If we don't have a team, we will definitely have players representing Cleveland Rugby League. This is our time to just to get out there. Like you said, we're helping out everybody, everybody who's been on their own or who's trying to do it on their own, every club. Let's, let's stick together. Let's fight. You know, I think we're better in numbers. Yeah, 100 percent. All right. I all right. Thank it, you. And um, I want to give all my social medias and, uh, out right now. Uh, everybody can just give me a follow on Instagram at uh, Monte Gaddis. Sure. Uh, you can also give it on. Follow me on Instagram or follow Cleveland Rugby League on Instagram at Cleveland Rugby League. Also on Twitter at Cleveland Rugby League. And also my YouTube page, Monte Gaddis. And can you give your social medias out for my fans that's listening to you? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're on all of the social medias. Uh, we're most active on Twitter, where it's uh, at Queen Royals, and um, on Instagram at, at Queen Royals. And uh, we mm-hmm. we love seeing good things on there. I think uh, content is currency, and I think the more currency we put out there, uh, the more content we're gonna, or the more content yes, we sir. put out there, the more currency we're gonna have. And um, it, let's it, get it. It's the only way we're Thanks going. Right? It, the only way we're going to grow this is if we get more. All right. Keep in touch. Have. All right. Let's go. Bro. Yeah. Again. Right, man. Appreciate it.